Good evening. Snow clearing teams say they're ready for an all-hands-on-deck scenario. The third major system in just over a week is about to hit the GTA. And this one, bigger than the others. We're expecting a lot of snow over the next 12 hours. And officials are warning conditions could become dangerous for anyone out on the roads tonight. We have live team coverage with everything you need to know to prepare. Lindsay Morrison is in our weather center tracking where the system is going and what it's packing. Our Scott Lightfoot is at the airport where we are already getting word of cancellations. Well, we start with Austin Delaney. He's been speaking with people who are bracing for this wallop. Austin. Yeah, get ready. Environment Canada says this, this will likely be the biggest storm of the season so far. It's going to come fast. It's going to come hard. Lots of snow and lots of wind. A storm of snow and rain that wreaked havoc in the southwestern United States is now in the GTA's back door and about to barge in with a bluster of blizzard conditions. For us, it's a case of here we go again, having just dug out of a snowstorm Monday. And by all accounts, the city is going to get walloped this evening. This will be an all-hands-on-deck operation. The city says it is at the ready with more than 1,100 pieces of salting and plowing equipment. Much of which is being strategically placed across the city at priority locations before the snow arrives. Last night, liquid salt brine was applied to the expressways and priority routes, causing the first snow and ice to come this evening to melt on contact. The city is forecasting as much as 35 centimetres of snow by the time the skies clear tomorrow. We will be ploughing hard and fast all weekend long and uh, making every effort to plough snow to the curb. But based on the amount of snow we're expecting to get and the limited right-of-way storage in some places, uh, some curb lanes may be impacted and we also may have to do some snow removal. The roads are going to be pretty wet and slushy this evening, so your windshield's going to get dirty. It's a good idea to make sure you've got windshield washer fluid and it's filled up. Stores in the GTA were stocking the shelves with winter gear, and people were out early preparing for the coming blizzard. We found Mike picking up a snow shovel. Yeah, we've had like already about 30 centimeters last week, so another 30 on top, we're going to be in for it. So. Snow shovel broke down on me, so here I am at Home Depot replacing it. Uh, none to it. <laughs> North of the city in Vaughan, officials are warning that due to the forecast conditions, it may take longer than usual to clear the snow. Now, in the last hour, the wind has really picked up, at least where I am here on Lakeshore Boulevard. Traffic's moving pretty well. The snow hasn't started yet. The TTC says it's adding extra buses. Via Rail says expect some challenges. Reporting live, I'm Austin Delaney. Michelle? Thanks, Austin. All right, let's turn it over to Lindsay Morrison. Lindsay, what are we watching for now? Well, this system is right on our doorstep, Michelle. I'll step aside so you can see the scope of it. Already bringing some snow to southwestern Ontario. A little bit of rain the last couple of hours in the Niagara area. And we'll zoom in close so you can see that some light snow is now being reported in cities like Hamilton over toward London. Not yet at Pearson Airport, but it's only a matter of time. Here's a look at our weather advisories that are in effect. We remain under a winter storm Warning here in the city of Toronto, warning of 15 to 30 centimeters of snow by the time all is said and done. That's not even the biggest concern with this system. We are looking at some powerful winds already gusting to about 52 kilometers per hour here uh, in the Hamilton area. The temperature right around freezing in Toronto, two degrees in Welland, hence that changeover to some mixing or some rain. But what I'm concerned about tonight is the rapid snowfall accumulation intensity. Peak rates, five to eight centimeters 
per hour. And the most dangerous time to be out on the roads tonight is going to be approximately 9 p.m. until about midnight. Then the snow continues after that. It tapers off tomorrow morning. We have lots to talk about. We'll get into the details of tonight's storm coming up in your forecast. For now, though, Nathan, back to you. All right. Thank you, Lindsay. Travelers on the roads will find it very difficult to get around tonight, and it may not be much better for those in the skies. Our Scott Lightfoot is at Pearson Airport tonight. Scott, what are you hearing? Well, uh, officials at Pearson saying so far about 25, just under 25% of all flights in and out of the airport have been canceled or delayed today. We're in Terminal 3. I can tell you just to the right, it's all windows, clear and dry, not a flake of snow outside. To the left is the departure board, and it's filling up with red. And those are the canceled and delayed flights, and many of those have to do with WestJet. We are here at the WestJet departures area. You can see some people arriving for flights here and being told those flights will not be leaving tonight because WestJet has canceled all flights in and out of Pearson as of 8 o'clock tonight. The uh, company says they are doing this proactively. They hope to have service back in place Saturday morning, and they say if weather conditions improved, they will return Saturday at a reduced capacity. Now, WestJet says it's going to continue to monitor uh, storm conditions and make operational changes as required. They put this announcement out several hours ago in the hopes that they could reach people before they came to the airport. But of course, there will be people who are either already on their way here or coming through connecting flights may not know that WestJet has canceled all flights in and out of Pearson as of 8 o'clock tonight. There are a number of other cancellations and delays here in preparation for the storm. Airport officials saying if you are flying out tonight, check the website before you head to the airport. Live at Pearson. I'm Scott Lightfoot. Michelle and Nathan, back to you. Thank you, Scott. Well, it was an unsettling day for students and staff at an Etobicoke high school after a bomb threat forced them to evacuate. Police say they were called to Etobicoke Collegiate Institute near Dundas West and Islington just after 11 a.m. The school's principal says a bomb threat was received and students were relocated to other buildings in the area. As officers investigated, no injuries were reported. Across town in Scarborough, a teenage driver is facing several charges after this crash last night. Police say a car crashed into a TTC bus near Morningside in Steeles at around 11 p.m. The 17-year-old behind the wheel ran off, but the Toronto Police canine unit was able to track him down. He was quickly found and arrested. What began as a tip from a single foreign worker has resulted in the shocking discovery of a labor trafficking ring operating in the GTA. Police say criminals forced dozens of Mexican migrants to live in squalor and work at farms and factories for next to nothing. CTV's Beth McDonnell brings us the details. Bust to jobs around the GTA at farms, factories and warehouses. Police say what the 64 Mexican workers in the human trafficking ring endured is disturbing. Forms of coercion and control, which included isolation, a lack of freedom, being financially bound, threats, and sexual assault. In their living quarters, officers describe overcrowding, dozens of people sleeping on mattresses on the floor, dealing with a lack of food, privacy and bug infestations. Then in November, one victim came forward. After a three-month investigation in conjunction with the Canadian Border Services Agency, police broke up the ring, rescuing 64 men and women. These workers are coerced with promises of a better life, decent wages, quality housing, and eventually documentation. These are almost always false promises. Police say victims who are often exploited in this way are desperate, scared to seek help and worried they'll be the ones who are arrested and deported. 
53 of the 64 workers accepted help and continue to be supported. Five people have been arrested and charged in connection with the operation. Police executed search warrants at a farm, a condo, a bungalow, and a large estate home. On February 8, 2023, five accused were located either at these locations or actively transporting foreign workers to their work locations. Two other men, while charged, are still wanted. Police are not disclosing the locations of the sites because they say the Ministry of Labour is continuing the investigation. Beth McDonnell, CTV News. The Toronto Regional Real Estate Board is out with its February home sales report showing just how much the market has changed since the Bank of Canada began hiking interest rates. The average selling price in the GTA last month was just shy of $1.1 million. That marks a year-over-year -year drop of 18%. But the nearly 4,800 sales recorded marked a 47% drop from February 2022. New listings were also down more than 40%. Home prices did see their first month-over-month -month gain in almost a year, but Treb says that jump was in line with regular seasonal trends. The provincial Liberals are taking a long look in the mirror this weekend. Party members are gathering in Hamilton for what's billed as their largest annual meeting in decades. Topping the agenda will be ways to return to political relevancy. CTV's Queen's Park reporter Siobhan Morris joins us now. Siobhan, what can we expect? Nathan, 1,500 Liberals are signed up to be delegates at this, at this uh, annual general meeting. Many I've been speaking to today say they are feeling excited, energized, despite the really poor showing in the last two elections. And Liberals will be facing some existential questions, including how to pick their next leader. I informed our party president of my decision to step down. After crushing losses two elections in a row, this weekend's annual general meeting could not be more important for Liberals. This is the first chance for the party to really, I think, take stock and replenish itself on a fundamental level, to stop searching for a savior and to get down to the hard work of rebuilding, riding by riding, region by region. That rebuild could include an overhaul of how Ontario Liberals pick their leader. Of course they attack me. It's something federal Liberals did after their own back-to-back -back ballot box embarrassments, nixing delegated conventions for direct voting. The first federal leader elected that way... I declare Justin Trudeau... We know what happened next. We need to modernize that, and uh, I'm very much hopeful that we will move to a direct vote model, one member, one vote. While the rules of the leadership contest will be set this weekend, the date will come later. We're going to have a race, and we're going to have a race that's going to bring us across Ontario. It's going to help us to do a ton of things and develop our party. MP Nate Erskine-Smith is considering a leadership bid. He says the party needs generational renewal. I lived through the renewal federally when we were in third place and it was tough times as a federal liberal. We had competitive open nominations. We brought serious people into our politics. Yes, sir! Yes, sir! MP Yasser Nakfi, a provincial cabinet minister for Kathleen Wynne, is exploring a run. So is MPP Ted Shu, who won a federal seat in the Liberals' worst election in history. This will be an excellent uh, time to gauge the response, to put myself in front of people, let people poke and prod and ask me questions and get to know me. Mississauga Mayor Bonnie Crombie has been generating buzz, but for now anyway. I'm entirely focused on our issues and our growth right here in our city. While Scott Reed says Liberals shouldn't get distracted trying to find a savior leader, they do need someone... Exciting, interesting, compelling and persuasive to people and by doing all the hard work of getting the organization in shape. If they do that, you bet they can be competitive. And win, if not in 2026, then the election after.
On the flip side of that, Scott Reed says if liberals don't put in that hard work and build the grassroots again, they do face walking into oblivion. Reporting live from Queens Park, I'm Siobhan Morris. Nathan, back to you. All right, thank you, Siobhan. Coming up, the NHL trade deadline has passed. Did the Maple Leafs make any more moves? And do the Buzz finally have enough to make a run in the playoffs? We take a look. Canadians at risk of severe illness from COVID-19 are being urged to get an additional booster dose in the spring. The National Advisory Committee on Immunization says that includes people with complex medical needs, anyone 80 and older, those between 65 and 79 years of age who haven't had the virus, and anyone living in long-term care homes, retirement home and group homes. The booster is also recommended for moderately to severely immunocompromised adults. NACI says the Omicron-containing bivalent mRNA based vaccines are the preferred option. The recommended interval is six or more months from the last dose or COVID-19 infection, whichever is longer. The Prime Minister once again rejected calls today for a public inquiry on foreign interference in our elections. That's despite a new poll that suggests a significant number of Canadians are very concerned, including the Chinese community. CTV's Judy Trin reports. We put in place strong independent mechanisms. The Prime Minister says Canada has enough safeguards in place to protect its democracy, despite recent reports of China's interference in the past two elections. That's not me who's saying it, that's the panel of top public servants who are independent and tasked with exactly that, supported by the work done by our intelligence and security agencies. We did not see a spike in foreign interference activities during the 2021 election. But after hours of hearing from those intelligence and election officials, opposition MPs weren't convinced. The New Democrats and Conservatives passed a motion calling on the federal government to launch a public inquiry. A Nano's poll for CTV News shows that 71% of Canadians surveyed view China's interference as a major threat to our democracy. We are allowed to criticize China without being called racist. Chinese Canadians are among the voices calling for more transparency. Some human rights activists say China has mastered legal means to exert influence. We've been telling the government and the Canadian public, say, beware of what's going on. And you've fallen on deaf ears until recently. Even without a public inquiry, Quan is urging the federal government to take action now by creating a foreign agent registry, just as is done in the United States and Australia. Judy Trin, CTV News, Ottawa. Alec Murdoch is going to prison for the rest of his life. All right, Mr. Murdoch, I sentence you to the State Department of Corrections on each of the murder indictments. The South Carolina lawyer was sentenced today for the 2021 murders of his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. Prosecutors said it was an attempt to distract from financial misdeeds that included the theft of millions of dollars from law partners and clients. They say the money was used for his drug addiction and to support an expensive lifestyle. Murdoch received consecutive life sentences without parole. In Athens, protesters clashed with police today following this week's deadly train crash. A small number of young people threw Molotov cocktails at officers who responded with tear gas outside Parliament. The government is blaming human error for Tuesday's disaster that killed 57 people. 
But anger has grown over reports the rail network lacked adequate safeguards. Today's violence was not extensive, and most demonstrations have been peaceful. The human toll is staggering. At least 50,000 people were killed in last month's earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. And now there's another indication of how devastating the disaster has been. The World Bank says Syria sustained an estimated $5.1 billion in damages in the February 6th quakes. That's about 10% of the country's gross domestic product. The northern province of Aleppo was the hardest hit, accounting for 45% of the total damages. On Monday, the World Bank said damages in Turkey are estimated to be $34.2 billion. The Canadian government is calling for the release of a Nobel Peace Prize winner jailed in Belarus. Alice Biliatsky was sentenced in his homeland to 10 years in prison today. A court found the human rights activist guilty of financing protests. The U.S. and the European Union called the trial a sham. Ottawa says it's another example of the regime's brutal repression of human rights. The king will travel to the European Union's two biggest countries on his first state visits. The monarch is going to France and Germany. The five-day visit with Camilla, the queen consort, begins March 26th. The king is scheduled to take part in a number of events that include addressing the parliaments of both nations. Leafs Nation tonight is hoping the squad can become the new kings of the hockey world. Following a whirlwind week of swaps, the NHL trade deadline has just passed. The question now is whether the buds are built for a run at the cup. CTV's Mike Walker joins us now. Mike, you've been speaking with fans and analysts. What are they saying? Well, Michelle and Nathan, fans and analysts we've been speaking with say they are impressed by the moves Kyle Dubas has made over the past two weeks. Six new additions to the Leafs, but what really matters is whether this group will gel together and advance past the first round of the playoffs for the first time since 2004. Scotiabank Arena is quiet with the Leafs out west, and so too was GM Kyle Dubas at the trade deadline. We're happy with where we're at and excited for the last quarter of the season. Only making a minor league trade ahead of the 3 p.m. deadline, but in the past two weeks, Dubas has been aggressive, acquiring six players. That we feel sets our team up competitively, um, gives us the depth that we need at, at all positions to compete come playoff time. Marner throws it back in front of Riley, scores! The biggest trade was landing Blues captain Ryan O'Reilly. That deal also included teammate center Noel Achari. Tough guy. Won a Stanley Cup. The Leafs have also added to the blue line trading Ramis Sandin to Washington for Eric Gustafson and Jake McCabe from Chicago in a deal that also included forward Sam Lafferty. We've picked up grit, which is what we've been missing the last few years. We needed to solidify the blue line. Shen, Gustafson coming in, uh, physical players, a little chippy. Toronto also reacquired veteran defenseman Luke Shen from Vancouver, who donned the blue and white again last night. I've had some ups and downs throughout my career as well, too. So when you come back and uh, you get this opportunity, you, you definitely don't take it for granted. Carter holds and shoots, scores! The new look Leafs got their first win in Calgary last night with the new additions all in the lineup. TSN Radio's Matt Cause says these trades make the Leafs stronger in a historically tough Eastern Conference. Ryan O'Reilly, you now have two legitimate lines, or you can move them uh, as your third line center, so you have a lot more flexibility. You bring in Jake McCabe, you now have a legit top four defense. Depending on how the Buds fare in the playoffs, this could be a test for Dubas, who is in the final year of his contract. He's brought in good players, hasn't had to trade away, and if they lose badly in the first round, I think you could easily see Kyle Dubas is let go. Don't get past the first round, I think Dubas and Keefe are going to go. We can't be satisfied with just winning the first round. Fans hoping the moves will turn the page 
for a deep playoff run. Now one area Dubas didn't touch was goaltending today. He said he has confidence in his two goalies and with just 20 games left in the regular season it's just a matter of time before we tell if these moves paid off. Reporting live I'm Mike Walker back to you. We'll see. Thank you Mike. Coming up more than 1000 bright beautiful pieces of artwork from an admired indigenous artist found to be fakes. The OPP makes a slew of arrests in a historic art bust. And I'm Pat Foran. Coming up on Consumer Alert, air pollution is a real problem, but did you know the air quality inside your home can be worse than the air you breathe outside? There are some simple steps you can take to clear the air in your living space. All of my report just ahead. Well, not only are we looking at rapid snowfall accumulation, but couple that with some very strong winds and parts of the GTA could experience blizzard conditions through the night tonight. So non-essential travel is being strongly discouraged. The snow is going to taper off tomorrow morning, but this is a heavy, wet snow. We call this a back-breaking snow when it comes to doing the shoveling. So your forecast looks better for tomorrow afternoon, but make sure you take care tonight and tomorrow if you are having to do the dig out. We will take you through the rest of your weekend forecast and have another look at our incoming storm coming up. And stay with us. We've got another full night of great shows for you right here on CTV. It's estimated we spend about 90% of our time indoors. And as we make our homes more energy efficient, we're also making them more airtight. In the winter, when our windows and doors are closed most of the time, the indoor air we breathe can be worse than the air outside. Pat Foran joins us for a consumer alert. Pat. Thanks, Michelle and Nathan. Some new homes come with air exchangers to remove stale air inside and bring in fresh air from outside. But there are a few simple steps you can take that can help improve the air you breathe inside your home. While newer, more tightly sealed home construction improves energy efficiency, it's also partly to blame for indoor pollutants. One of the simplest things you can do to improve your air quality is to install a new furnace filter. A dirty furnace or air conditioning filter can release particles into the air and can eventually damage your HVAC system. There are some pollutants in your home you may not have given a second thought. Tests on gas stoves showed they're a possible source of toxicity and are a cause for concern. So what can you do? Think ventilation. Use your range hood every time you cook and open windows to get the fresh, clean air from the outside in. Other pollutants include VOCs or volatile organic compounds. They're emitted from cleaning agents, pesticides, aerosols, even couches and carpets. They can be irritants to your throat, nose and eyes. Some may even cause cancer. Whenever possible, avoid using harsh chemicals to clean your home. If you can't, again, think of ventilation, open windows and doors. And buy mattresses and furnishings that use natural fibers like cotton. Keep your home dust free, use a vacuum with a HEPA filter to trap contaminants and clean or change the filters in your air conditioner. You could smell another pollutant, mold. It's often caused by humidity. It can lead to rashes, flu-like symptoms, and eye and lung irritations. If it's an issue, consider using a dehumidifier. And be aware of that odorless, colorless, sometimes fatal gas, carbon monoxide. Install a detector on every level of your home and outside each sleeping area. Taking these steps can help keep the air in your home clean and help your family breathe easier. 
And you may also want to check for radon, a radioactive gas that can seep into your home from water and soil. And if your house was built before 1980, it could also have lead or asbestos. A professional can tell you your best options to deal with it. On your side, I'm Pat Foran. If you have a consumer story idea, email us at alert at ctv.ca. Ontario MPPs say rules governing condos need a major overhaul to prevent more people from living in nightmare situations. As CTV's John Woodward reports, the province's legislature is considering giving expanded powers to a condo watchdog. Well, it looks like a complete <laughs> disaster. In Lena Kazakova's condo building, there's an ongoing leak in the parkade. And as she tours the building at Jane Street south of Steeles Avenue, it's clear there's a lot more work to be done. It's another leak. This was, more than 30 years ago, considered a luxury building. But it was clean, nice building till about 2000. And after that, it started to go down. Last year, the condos board approved a special assessment of $11 million, about $35,000 a unit. Some couldn't pay. They had to borrow from private lenders at very high interest. They have to sell their units now. Now, many condo residents live in safe and well-maintained homes. That's not the issue here. But there are also some condo residents who live in condo hell. The type of condo hell that shouldn't be possible in Ontario, says NDP MPP Jessica Bell. We get a lot of calls uh, from residents who are frustrated, angry, distressed, uh, that there is nowhere for them to turn, no regulator to call. The NDP calling to expand the Condominium Authority Tribunal, which right now can only hear a few issues, including records access, odour and noise. An all-party committee recommended expanding that jurisdiction to include condo fees, board oversight, elections and reserve funds. That could give condo owners more oversight over the way their boards handle their money. When will the government implement all the recommendation in the Auditor General report, such as fully expanding the Condominium Appeal Tribunal so that condo residents can finally get the respect they need and they deserve? Speaker, my ministry welcomes the Auditor General's feedback of Ontario's condo sector and has already begun con consulting on ways to actively improve and expand the Condo Authority Tribunal and its powers. A judge approved the special assessment levy at this building and the condo board's lawyer told us the money has already started to make necessary improvements. As for expanding the tribunal, the legislature is expected to vote Tuesday on adopting some of the recommendations. John Woodward, CTV News. If you have a story idea for CTV News Investigates, please let us know. You can email investigate at ctv.ca or you can visit our website for more secure and anonymous ways to get in touch. All right, to the forecast, not quite hitting Pearson Airport yet, but we know it's coming. Mm -hmm. Flights have already been canceled in some cases. It yeah. really is the calm before the storm, and we're just bracing for what could be the most snow we've gotten so far this year. It could, and I'm very happy that this has managed to uh, not impact the evening commute quite the same way that some of the other storms have with less in the way of snow, but again, poor timing. Many people do still have weekend plans. They want to get out on the roads on a Friday night, uh, perhaps head out for dinner even, but this is one of those nights where it's a good one to just stay home
perhaps until tomorrow when you're able to dig yourself out. It is a heavy wet snow that is on the way for us and conditions could be dangerous out there too with some very strong winds in the forecast tonight also. Weather is brought to you by Train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand. It's hard to stop a train. So when we say that this could end up being our biggest snowfall of the season, this is what we mean. The, our biggest snowfall so far in 2023 happened uh, not so long ago. February 22nd, we picked up just over 17 centimeters of snow. Of course, many will remember January of last year when we had that epic snowstorm. Uh, some parts of the GTA picked up closer to 50 centimeters of snow. We're not expecting that this time around. I'm eyeing, though, this biggest March snow on record, which is just over 30 centimeters. Still don't think we'll break it, but some areas could come close to that, believe it or not, by the time this all wraps up tomorrow morning. 15 to 30 centimeters of snow generally is what we're forecasting around the GTA. We are under a winter storm warning. Uh, Windsor, Ontario just upgraded to that winter storm warning there. It's a special weather statement for most communities along the north shore of Lake Erie, where little more in the way of rain or mixing is not only happening, but expected through the night tonight. Uh, similar situation for areas like Welland, Fort Erie, even uh, branching into the Niagara area. And then it's snowfall warnings for areas a little bit further to the north and to the east, along with a winter weather travel advisory further north than that. Here is the satellite and radar. You can see that snow starting to inch its way into the GTA. The darker blues, in fact, there's a band making its way over Lake Ontario right now. That is headed our way, and that is going to, again, cause complications for anybody who's out on the roads a little bit later tonight. Big picture look at the system. The swath of southern Ontario getting the snow will be impacted through the night tonight. It's a rather fast-moving system, I will say that, and it makes it ever more impressive that we're going to pick up the amount of snow that we're forecasting in really only about six hours' time. Here's our uh, peak wind gust forecast for about 1.30 in the morning, uh, around 70 kilometers per hour in Hamilton. I am particularly concerned about a little bit of lake enhancement off Lake Ontario with that east wind in Hamilton. So uh, if you're traveling through Halton, Hamilton, or over toward Niagara tonight, uh, maybe consider not doing that. Snowfall amounts, again, maybe 20, maybe 30 centimeters of snow in many areas. It's all going to taper off as we make our way into tomorrow morning. Let me show you a couple of time frames here. I'm concerned about the window between about 9 p.m. and midnight, perhaps even to about 1 a.m. because the snow is going to be at its most intense then. The winds are also going to be very strong, as mentioned, maybe 5 to 8 centimeters of snow accumulating per hour. There's tomorrow morning at about 6.30 a.m. That snow moving out. Some sunshine for your Saturday afternoon and early part of the evening. We just have to get through this first. Here's your overnight at a glance. Temperature at about minus 1 degree for the low. Seven-day forecast looks like this. Sunday, pleasant too. Mainly cloudy skies, just a chance of flurries. Look at these temperatures, 4 and 5 degrees. That's going to help some of the snow that we get melt. If you have an opportunity tonight, maybe clear a storm drain on your road. That will help uh, the melting water have somewhere to go. And there's the long-range forecast. Temperature steady around the freezing mark. Some sunshine by the middle part of next week. The Princess Margaret Home Lottery VIP deadline is midnight tonight. There are five VIP prizes of $50,000. Just imagine what you could do with a windfall like this. The possibilities are endless. There are more than 20,000 prizes valued at more than $21 million, including the $8.2 million grand prize with a show home in King City, a brand new Tesla, and $1 million cash. You could also win a contemporary Toronto grand prize with a show home in Midtown or a stunning downtown condo with incredible views over Lake Ontario. Or 
the bonus prize with a show home in Blue Mountain plus $100,000 cash. And let's not forget the world famous early bird prize. This includes a breathtaking Muskoka lakefront cottage plus cash. Speaking of cash, you can also be in to win big prizes with the 50-50 jackpot and the cash calendar. Every ticket gives you a chance to win life-changing prizes and helps fund life-saving cancer research at the Princess Margaret. It's a win-win. Buy online at princessmargaretlotto.com or call 1-866-631-1234. Nathan, I'll send it over to you. All right, thank you, Lindsay. Ontario police say they've made an historic bust in connection with a major art investigation. We believe there was anywhere from 4,500 to 6,000 fakes produced. We believe this is probably the biggest art world in world history that uh, law enforcement's been involved in. Eight people have been arrested for making and selling hundreds of works under the name Norval Morisot. Police say the items were fake. Morisot was also known as Copper Thunderbird. The Ojibwe man was considered a trailblazer for contemporary Indigenous artists across Canada. The accused face a combined 40 charges, including forgery and defrauding the public. And Halton police say they recovered an estimated $400,000 worth of stolen collectible cards, comic books and other items. Investigators launched Project Umbreon after a series of break-in enters at collectible stores across southern Ontario. Last week, they searched two locations in Hamilton and a vehicle and seized this trove of goods. 32-year-old Jerry Grant faces 13 charges, including break-and-enter. A second suspect faces a related charge. Also tonight, hip-hop history in the spotlight as this year's upcoming Juno Awards. Just ahead, the lineup of talent set to hit the stage to celebrate Canada's role in the rap game. This is a horrible nightmare. This can't be true. Lured by the promise of love. These people are usually vulnerable, lonely. Now, facing life in prison. She's looking at serious jail time. W5 exposes. Your mom had married this guy? A web of deception. This guy's turning you into a drug runner. And one family's desperate fight. I'm never going to see my mom again. An all-new W5 with Avery Haynes, Saturday at 7 on CTV. You may have heard a new song on the airwaves since yesterday. What I wouldn't do, North Star Calling by Serena Ryder and Leela Gilday. It's the new anthem for Canada's biggest ever campaign for youth mental health. And as CTV's Pauline Chan reports, right now in this country, there is great need for support. If you feel like you're broken. When Roy Woods and Julie Black were first asked to participate with some 50 Canadian musicians in the recording of What I Wouldn't Do, North Star Calling, it was an immediate yes. Without even second thought. This is an important initiative and uh, it's very, very personal. You know, in the sense of like me sharing my own mental health struggles, my own mental health journey. The song is now the anthem for Feel Out Loud, a $300 million campaign for Kids Help Phone. Since COVID began, we've interacted with young people 13.8 million times. So this campaign is about making sure we keep expanding our clinical services 24-7, coast to coast to coast. In particular, Kids Help Phone is trying to ensure better access to mental health services. 18-year-old Letitia Satam knows how stigma and other factors can prevent young people from getting help. I remember feeling shame and confusion about regulating my own emotions and seeing loved ones around me struggle was so hard. I have lived all across this country, from British Columbia to Newfoundland, 
and witnessed firsthand the inequality in mental health resources. Maybe my parents, they didn't understand, you know, they're uh, immigrants themselves and mental health coming from the Caribbean, so that doesn't exist, right? That's why Roy Wood says the work done by Kids Help Phone is so important. It's available 24-7 in several languages, with more being added. And there are special okay. programs for Indigenous youth, for the Black community, and others. Feel Out Loud hopes Canadians will not just hum the tune, but also reach out to help. Pauline Chan, CTV News. The province is planning to make it easier for firefighters to access cancer supports. The Ministry of Labor says firefighters die of cancer at a rate up to four times higher than the general population. The proposal would speed up the process of applying for compensation and other help from the Workplace Safety and Insurance Board. For firefighters with thyroid and pancreatic cancers, it will now be presumed that their condition is work-related, similar to a list of other cancers. Coverage for those claims will be retroactive going back to January 1st, 1960. This year's Juno Awards are set to mark 50 years of Canadian contributions to hip-hop history. Organizers of the Homegrown Music Celebration say Cardinal Official will emcee the segment alongside fellow Canadian rapper Havaya Mighty. The performance will include appearances from Maestro Fresh West and several other iconic names from Canada's hip-hop scene. The Junos take place March 13th. BTS member J-Hope is out with a new song and video featuring rapper J. Cole. J-Hope. Cole World. Every time I work. In the music video for On the Street, the K-pop star can be seen dancing in different parts of New York City. The track was released as J-Hope is expected to become the second member of BTS to start his mandatory military service in South Korea. The singer told Variety he's a longtime fan of J. Cole and it still feels unreal to have worked with him. A new challenger is winding up for a knockout at the weekend box office. I'm just getting started, little brother. I'm coming forward all. Michael B. Jordan directs and stars in boxing drama Creed 3. Variety estimates it'll have a weekend debut of 36 million U.S. across North America. That'll bring to an end the new Ant-Man's run at number one. It's projected to bring in 16 to 19 million in its third weekend in theaters. Stars Tonight is brought to you by Lastman's Bad Boy. Who's better? Nobody. After the break, what to do with all that empty real estate? As Nordstrom vacates the country, landlords in some of the country's major malls left looking to fill the prime shopping spaces. Hi, Michelle and Nathan. Looking ahead to the next CP24 Breakfast, it's Meal Prep Monday with nutrition consultant Shauna Thomas. This week, we're exploring quick and easy meals to cook all on one sheet pan, all at once. And we'll be speaking with one mortgage broker who will explain why now might be the right time to buy a home, even if the Bank of Canada raises interest rates on Wednesday. That's all on CP24 Breakfast, up first at 5 a.m. Plowing hard and fast all weekend long and uh, making every effort to plow snow to the curb. GTA crews are getting ready for another major system tonight. As much as 35 centimeters of snow could fall over the next 12 hours. Officials are warning people to stay off the roads, while Pearson Airport is already advising travelers of flight cancellations and delays. They also described forms of coercion and control. 
which included isolation, a lack of freedom, being financially bound, threats, and sexual assault. York Regional Police say they've rescued more than 60 Mexican nationals who were lured to Canada on false promises. The discovery, part of a labor trafficking ring operating in the GTA. Officers say the men and women were forced to work in deplorable situations at farms and factories. But there are also some condo residents who live in condo hell. Ontario MPPs are calling for changes to the province's condo watchdog. Officials say its oversight needs to be expanded to include rulings on condo fees, board elections, and reserve funds. They say the changes would help to better protect owners. Remember to follow us on social media and keep up to date day and night through our website, ctvnewstoronto.ca. If you have a news tip, photos, or video of breaking news, let us know. Home prices in Toronto increased for the first time in 11 months. However, compared to last year, prices are still down. And that drop in value isn't limited to the GTA. BNM Bloomberg's Jacqueline Hansen explains why. The price of a home in Canada's largest city ticked up last month by just over 1%. A small increase, but notable, because it is the first monthly increase since the Bank of Canada started raising interest rates one year ago. However, even with that bump, compared to the peak, Toronto home prices are down nearly 20%. And activity is also way down. Compared to last February, there were half as many sales. And options are limited. Listings are also down, just over 40%. The cooling effect of higher mortgage costs has hit other cities as well in both Vancouver and Calgary. Sales fell nearly 50 percent compared to last February. The Bank of Canada makes its next interest rate decision on Wednesday. After hiking rates eight times in a row, it's widely expected to sit this one out to better assess the impact so far. And questions are swirling around what will replace Nordstrom Canada. The company said it is winding down all 13 Nordstrom and Nordstrom Rack locations by the end of June. The stores occupy prime retail real estate in some of Canada's major malls from the Pacific Centre in Vancouver to the Eaton Centre and Yorkdale in Toronto. One of its landlords, Cadillac Fairview, says while it is too early to speculate what we will do with these spaces in the future, our team is working diligently to manage this change and work towards an outcome that is in the best interests of our centres and our long-term success. And sales at Sleep Country Canada are down as fewer customers invest in new mattresses. On a conference call with analysts, the company executives said they suspect that more people are budgeting for travel instead of buying big goods and that overall consumer spending has tightened. The CEO says he's cautiously optimistic, though, for the rest of this year, hopeful that customers will become more confident in the economy and make up for the purchases they've put off in the past few months. Let's take a look at some of the closing market numbers for today. The Canadian dollar is essentially flat at 73.56 cents U.S. West Texas Intermediate Oil gained about $1.50 to a little under $80 U.S. a barrel. And Western Canadian Select gained $2 to roughly $64 U.S. a barrel. As for stock markets, the TSX jumped about 250 points to 20,581.58. That is the latest in business. I'm Jacqueline Hansen of BNN Bloomberg. Tonight, charges in a massive case of art fraud. All exploited, all profited off of the artwork of Norvell Morisot. 
The suspects accused of peddling fake versions of work done by a famous Indigenous artist. Later on CTV National News. And a reminder, the CTV News at 6 podcast is available as a download every weeknight. You can also listen to the newscast live on News Talk 1010. Hey there, Toronto, I'm Teddy Wilson. And I'm Nicole Stravinas. Welcome to Think to Know TO. Each week, we shine a spotlight on a wide variety of local businesses, services, events, and initiatives from across the GTA. These companies are part of what makes Toronto one of the world's most vibrant cities and a great place to live, work, and play. Join us Saturday mornings for Things to Know TO. And visit us online at thingstoknowto.ca. A new crew is settling in for their first night aboard the International Space Station. A capsule carrying four astronauts approached the orbiting lab at around 1.15 this morning. That was about 25 hours after it lifted off from the Kennedy Space Center. But the crew had to wait a bit longer before they could latch. Flight controllers in California needed to fix a software glitch affecting one of the docking hooks. The astronauts will be up there for six months. And you won't be seeing any stars tonight. A storm system is hitting the region as we speak. It's amazing. This is the docks camera. When we started the newscast, clear view of the city. Now that's gone. Yeah, just a few seconds, things have changed. Uh, absolutely. We have light snow being reported at Pearson Airport, of course, and that is gradually making its way eastward. I talked a little bit about the peak snowfall rates for tonight, and what I want to mention about that once again is that five to eight centimeters of snow accumulating per hour. As wonderful as our city crews are plows cannot keep up with that so again a reminder please stay off the roads tonight if you don't have to be out there conditions will not be good for driving here's a look at the satellite and radar and you can see that snow creeping into the gta we've had a little bit of thunder and lightning reported uh, just at the west end of lake erie thunder snow will be a possibility in some areas tonight just a heads up on that a tighter look there at the gta that snow starting to fill in and again i'm watching a heavy band make its way over lake ontario right now that is going to impact uh, again, the drive over the next hour or so here in the GTA. We remain under a winter storm warning for Toronto and much of southern Ontario. Waking up tomorrow morning, this storm is going to be done in most areas, but depending on where you're joining us from, you might still see some big wet flakes falling outside your window, and then the dig out begins. Here is your seven-day forecast with a snapshot of the weekend. A heads-up for early next week, maybe some light snow Monday and Tuesday. I've already got my eye on Wednesday for some pleasant conditions with a mix of sun and cloud. And a reminder about the new Lotto 649 with two big jackpots to be won on one ticket. Saturday's classic jackpot is $5 million and the new gold ball jackpot is $40 million. You can head to olg.ca for more information. Nathan and Michelle. Thank you, Lindsay. Well, that's it for us, but be sure to join Heather Wright tonight at 11 for CTV National News, followed by Zoraida Allman with our next local newscast at 11.30. In the meantime, our coverage continues anytime on CP24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca. For Lindsay Morrison and all of us here at CTV News, thank you for watching and have a good night. Good night.